welcome back to another episode of the Proverbial Pals. And as we introduce ourselves, let us also be introduced to the horns. Absolute banger of a tune. Uh, Eastside Horns by Pecan Pie. Uh, shout out to them for making this available to us uh, as a new theme tune. Uh, and speaking of great musical prowess, let me introduce my pal, my co-founding member of the podcast, my brother from another mother, but same father who is in heaven. One blessed with the fastest fingers in the east over six strings, it has been once said, I heard there was a secret chord that David played and it pleased the Lord. But did you know, in fact, David plagiarized said secret chord from the man sitting across from me. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for my man, Mikey Mike on the mic. Thanks, mate. That was probably one of the nicest intros. Probably the nicest intro that we've had so far. Um, that was almost too nice. So thank you. Thank you for your kind words. It's good to be here. It's good to be here with you. Well, last episode, I feel like I blindsided Mikey Mike a little bit with a Bible verse shout out that was kind of, you know, roast rolled in encouragement as well. So oh. I just wanted to rectify that a little bit this week with a strong build up. That's okay. I think the roast was uh, something that no no one really... Uh, Everyone, everyone knows that roast was huh, applicable. So, anyway, yeah. Uh, speaking of our Bible verse shout outs, uh, you got a Bible verse shout out this week? Someone you'd like to give a shout out to via our podcast, shouting out a, a Bible verse to them? Yes. Um, I'd like to give a shout out to my good friend and pal of the show, Andrew. Uh, so, Isaiah 40 31. Um, so, we've been talking a bit about uh, waiting lately in, yeah, in a few different contexts. And Isaiah 40 31 says, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Um, yeah, so that's also been in uh, Australian cricketers, uh, Australian test cricketer Marnus Labuschagne's Instagram bio. And I think he's a fan of the show, so... I hope so. Man. Yeah. A little shout out to my boy Marn as well. Yeah, yeah. So, so go well and um, yeah, hope that encourages you. Uh, this week, my bubble verse shout-out goes to a mate of mine, Thomas. I'd like to shout-out uh, Proverbs 13.3 to him. Uh, those who guard their lips preserve their lives, but those who speak rashly will come to ruin. Uh, my mate Thomas is a man whom I don't think I've ever heard him speak rashly before. Uh, he's a big encouragement to me. Um, so, yeah, shout-out to him and for all the people out there, I guess, who, who guard their lips from speaking rashly. Shout-out to you guys as well. Rashly. Sorry, I thought you said rationally, and I was like, that's not, that's a bit harsh. Um, anyway. No, no, I was just, we're, we're build-ups, build-ups only this week. Okay, good. No, 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 yeah, I thought it was, yeah. I think we had a miscommunication there. That's all right, and as we continue to build up towards our uh, topic for today, it's talking about different gatherings that Christians do, because weirdly enough, Christians seem to do a lot of different gatherings, and I mm. guess what's the difference between them? Isn't church just church? Um, what's the difference between the thousand different things that Christians kind of seem to do. I'll be unpacking those things today. We'll be looking at things like um, Bible studies, book clubs, evangelism events, camps, uh, youth groups as well. Uh, but before we get things kicked off, uh, I thought I might uh, pose a question um, to Mike. And I guess the listeners out there, Mike, what's, what's the best youth group game you've ever played before? 
Oh, I thought you. Okay, so I thought you were going for quintessential. Um, oh, you can go quintessential. Can I go? Okay, so I feel like the youth group game that defined my experience the most would would have to be fresh. So this was a game mm. that we played. So, we played a lot of fresh back in when I was in high school. Uh, so much so that I think it got not banned, but sort of restricted to maybe once a year, once or twice a year, just to keep it fresh. Wow. So yeah. Um, that when I th- when I think of a youth group game, that's what that's what comes to mind instantly. Um, what about yourself, Nick? What, what's what's your favorite or, or quintessential game? Uh, favorite one I ever played was one that um, my wife brought to the youth group oh, okay. um, when we were both uh, leading together. It's a game called Frozen Chicken Bowling, um, and it's pretty much yeah, in the name. It's it's basically bowling with a frozen chicken. <laughs> we set up these tarps kind of in the indoor space, um, indoor. just kind of like. Greased them up a little bit with the dishwashing liquid. Um, we had like milk bottles and Coke bottles, kind of like partly filled with water. as like the 10 pins down the end, a couple of different lanes set up. Got a, you know, the supermarket, get the old uh, frozen Steggles chicken out out the freezer, take the wrapping off. Kids got to bowl the, the chicken oh. down, the, um, down without, the runway. Without the wrapping. Yeah, without the wrapping, of course. Oh, yeah. Which is fine because it's frozen, so it's all like stuck together. It's a little gross to handle. But the, the best bit about it is as the chicken warms up or defrosts, because <laughs> you'll throw it down and occasionally like a wing or a leg will come flying off and just kind of these little pieces of chicken floating in the air. Um, great game. We then spent like two hours disinfecting the hall afterwards. I'm fairly certain that hall had never been cleaner after we, like, after we got into it. We went through so much detergent to clean this hall out. Um, should, but it was a great time. Should have played outside. Um, yeah, yeah, we were very, I was very anxious about someone like getting salmonella from the air basically afterwards. Not sure if that's a thing, but there was enough chicken in the air for it to be a risk. And the best part about that game is once you're done, like you, you've got supper, they're ready to go. So <laughs> medium rare chicken. Yeah. That, don't, isn't that how you eat your chicken? Um, sure. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's jump in and anyway, <laughs> Let's talk about different uh, different types of gatherings today. Gatherings of people, not chickens. So I guess one of the questions I've got for you, Mike, is why do Christians do this kind of gathering thing? I mean, we know that you know Christians or, or God's people uh, have been doing this for a long time. I think back uh, examples like uh, Deuteronomy 9 and 10, where we talk about how that Israel churched or assembled uh, around God to hear what he would say. Um, but like, why why is the Christians kind of gather together? Well, it's important. I think uh, like churches of being going to church is important, and that's a good place to get your Bible from. Um, but I think it was also you that once said that church is is church game day, and Bible study is like training. Sounds like you've been reading my notes. <laughs> I feel like we've covered this before. Oh, goodness. Uh, look, I mean, a saying is still a strong saying, regardless of context. Yeah, I feel like we've talked about this before. Anyway, um, but I think it's a good chance to take in the Bible on a day that's not a Sunday in a formal setting. Um, so most, well, if you're in high school, you probably go to youth group. If you're an adult, you probably go to Bible study. Um, so yeah, that, those are places where you'll find, you'll learn and you'll maybe supplement what you've been looking at on a Sunday and that will add value to um Oh, to use corporate speak, that will add value to your life. Like it will add knowledge that maybe when you listen to a sermon, you might not pick it up, pick up on it. But when you discuss it in a group and you're yep, yep. involved in a discussion with other people, 
uh, maybe you know maybe half a dozen people that can sort of add flavor or seasoning to mm. something that you you already know a yeah. bit of color nice yeah yep um i think for me one of the things is like why why do we do it as christians um i think like ultimately we're called to right yeah i mean like yeah i think yeah, hebrews 10 um you let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, uh, but encouraging one another and all the more as you say, see the day approaching. I think as Christians, we're obviously, we're called to not give up meeting together, keep meeting together, keep encouraging one another in, in your different contexts. And we'll start breaking down, I guess, what some of those different ones look like in terms of the differences between the Bible studies and the youth groups and evangelism events and all those kind of things. Mm. Um but I think another one is that, uh, I think for me, Proverbs 13, 20, uh, where it talks about whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, uh, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Um, this idea of like, I think considering, well, who is wise? Uh, Proverbs is pretty clear throughout the whole book that the wise are God-fearing people, people who take counsel from the Lord, people that find, you know, ultimate truth in God, not people trying to define truth for themselves. Um, but I think when we, get alongside and we're encouraged by one another and other people who are wise, that is a good thing for us. If we continue to walk with wise, we continue to gather with other Christians, we're going to be strengthened in, in that, in that wisdom. Um, Cause I think very much so that we as people, I think people are what they absorb really when it comes down to, it. I think people are basically sponges. Mm. Uh, you know, Psalm chapter one um, verses one to three uh, talks a, a bit about, I guess the, the nature of people like that uh, where it talks about uh, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the ways of sinner sinners or seat in the seat of seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Uh, I think we want to ensure that we plant our tree by what is going to be feeding us uh, and think about things, especially that are beneficial for our life. I'm thinking about like a, a healthy stream of righteousness, not some, you know, infested stream. It's got people, you know, dumping chemicals into it upstream or whatever. Mm-hmm. And hence, you know, it's, it's flowing with things like immorality, violence, hatred, racism, uh, all those sorts of things that can easily pollute our minds uh, and that can shape and, and mold us to be like that mm. uh so that when you know when we're squeezed we want to take this this sponge um analogy i guess when we're squeezed or whatever tucket, bucket we're taken out of you know that we get, we're getting dipped into as a sponge like you pull that sponge out of the bucket it's been sitting there it's gonna it's gonna leave a trail of whatever was in that bucket so we think about as christians what bucket are we sitting in what stream we're gonna be planted by and obviously as christians we're called to be planted by a stream filled with other believers, which is why Christians are very much called to be hanging out um, with one another and in, to be um, yeah, encouraging and spurring one another on. Can I throw another Bible verse in? Sure. Uh, Matthew 18 verse 20 says, For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. So that's Jesus saying that. Well, I mean, yeah, like you think about what, what church is, right? Like the, the word church in Greek actually means gathering. Like oh, really? It's not... Okay. necessarily i think sometimes we um we yeah like and this i think is the exact purpose of what church is meant to be church is meant to be a gathering church like church isn't a building i, I get in our 
uh, English language, the word church also does mean building. Um, mm. Like you look at, oh, that's a church. Like it's a, it's an actual building. That's a, that's a type of building, I guess, that we have. Um, but yeah, if we, we think back to what church is, is meant to be, church is very much meant to be like a, it's, it's a gathering. I think um, the Lord of the Rings reference, I think, you know, when um, uh, tree beards carrying, you know, Merry and, and Pippin um, through the forest of Fangorn and he's like, oh, we're going to Entmoot. And Pippin's like, oh, like, where is that? He thinks that it's a place. And Tribune's like, nah, it's a gathering. Um, church is very much meant to be like that as well. Um, it's meant, I think, yeah, church, church is meant to be a gathering of God's people, not just an actual building. Anyway, let's think about some different types of gatherings. Gatherings. Cool. Okay, so one of the one of the gatherings that you may find yourself at if you are uh, going to a church would be youth group. So normally, youth group would happen on a Friday night uh, for high school age children. Nick, were you involved in youth group as a kid? Uh, yep, as a kid and as an adult as well. Same. Um, like as I was in the youth group, I wasn't like yeah. They didn't keep me back from youth group. Like people that repeat school sometimes because they don't quite get it. Yeah. Um, although you know you could argue there was a lot of stuff I didn't quite get at youth group. Yeah. Um, and only like you know down the down the track I'm like that makes sense. Um, but no, yeah. As a, as as a kid, I was in youth group and then I led youth group as an adult as well. Mm. Yeah. Same here. They did. They didn't hold me back as well. Um. So yeah, I think it's a. It, youth group is quite a formative experience, I think. So when you're a teenager and you're going through that awkward phase and then sometimes you may have like adults that take an interest in you um, that aren't your parents, I think that can be quite a helpful experience mm. where, where um, you know, you have people take an interest in you and maybe they like the similar things to you and you kind of strike up a, a bit of a, a relationship with someone who might be in, say, uni age or like a leader who's in uni age or a little bit older than that um yeah then they kind of guide you through life like I, I know i had that where um like adults wanted to meet up with me or check in with how i was going so yeah that that was big for me yeah i like that i like that con that kind of word you're talking about their guiding i think that's a big part of what uh you just meant to be about not just like another kind of Sunday service or whatever. Mm. Um, yes, there there are certainly Sunday service-like elements within youth group. Uh, but I think a very much a big part of youth group is about guiding and, and teaching young people how to live in, in Christian community with brothers and sisters. Uh, so it's, it's yeah, similar, I guess, to church in some senses. However, I reckon you've got a higher number of non-Christians, or maybe a higher percentage of non-Christians. Like you'll get a lot of... Mm-hmm. Um, high school age kids who haven't worked out what they want to do in terms of like, if they're going to be Christian or not, like maybe their parents are Christian and it's going to send them there, but they're still working out for themselves, which is fairly normal. Um, you're going to get uh, kids coming through a youth group that their parents kind of send them there because it's something good or safe to do on a Friday night. Um, or babysitting. Or possibly babysitting as well. Um, like the parents might not even attend church, but like, oh, cool, mm. I'm going to send my kid there. Um, or like the kid might just have a lot of friends from school who go and so they're coming to check it out because it's, it's fun on a Friday night. They just play some games, mm. do like wild things like frozen chicken bowling. Um, and, you know, and I think a lot of time, you know, young people are kind of rocking up because it's, it's a fun environment. Mm. Um, 
which is, I think, the, the, the danger or the, the challenge, I guess, with kind of youth groups trying to find that balance of how do we make this engaging for young people versus um, how do we make this a, a godly place where the focus is on, on God and, and, yeah. and teaching. Um, and the, the games kind of can, can supplement that. Um, I know that uh, Ron Irving writes a chapter in, in the book, um, Youth Ministry on the, on the Front Foot. He knuckles down a lot on the dangers behind some of that stuff. If you're a youth, youth group leader, highly recommend that book. Um, there's some really good insights in there. You, oh, sorry, you were going to say something? Yeah, I was going to say, um, I don't know if it's covered in that book, but I think I've heard someone say what you win them with is what you'll keep them with. So I don't mm, know, uh, yeah. like sort of the maybe, maybe this is more an American stereotype where like, Youth groups uh, have lots of games and pizza and maybe like some really small Bible bit. And then it's like, yeah, we had youth group and, you know, we learn about God, but most of the kids are there because there's free food and, and, you know, and, and an entertaining night. Um, that might attract a bigger crowd, but you may not get a lot of kids who actually want to hear about Jesus or at least will be open to hearing about it. And I think those things are great, but, uh, yeah, having like social events with, to, you know, kids feel comfortable and divide their friends. But I think ultimately like uh, having some more structured program uh, with like Christian teaching is, is what's important and will encourage, hopefully encourage the right kind of crowd to the youth group. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's tricky, right? Like I get that you want, like being a Christian isn't this the stereotype of being Christian is boring. Like if it's about following rules and this kind of thing, but actually being Christian is awesome. Like it's, you, you have so much uh, fun and enjoyment uh, with uh, as a Christian. Um, and so I guess that uh, churches, ministers, pastors, like people who run the youth group, I, I guess they're constantly fighting that kind of stereotype that being Christian is actually, it isn't boring. You can actually have a great time um, as a Christian, but at the same time, it's not not making that the number one thing. Um, mm. And I think that is a huge wrestle. And it's something that I think youth leaders should continually be thinking about and wrestling with. Because um, it is about trying to teach. Um, yeah, you got to find the balance. It can't be all can't be all hype and no sustenance. Um, like like a, a box of Fruit Loops, for example. Um, Fruit Loops are... You know, it's, that, yeah, it's basically, it's all sugar. There's nothing good for you in that. Mm. Um, at the same time, you can't be eating like straight all bran, like that's, which is all nutrients and like no flavor. Mm. Um, you got to strike that kind of balance. I don't know. I don't know what the, the middle is, like a sultana bran or a wheat beaks, but like the honey and the bananas on top or something. I don't know. This was a poor, poorly thought through analogy. <laughs> but I think there's also different expectations as well. Like even when I was in high school, what I expected to get out of youth group on Friday was very different than what I would expect in church on Sunday. Mm, yeah. Um, like I'm not expecting games and uh, so like a snack at the end of church. Oh, actually, well, there was morning tea at the end of church, but like, I don't know. I'm not expecting games and a lot of physical movement at church. Whereas at church, I'm not expect uh, at youth group. I'm not expecting, you know, hymns and, sort of like a, a different presentation there. It was, it was mm. very, two very different environments. Yeah, you're right. It's, I mean, it's around the presentation of kind of, and mm. presentation and application, I guess, as well. I guess youth group lends itself to more, um, like a sermon is very one, it's very one direction. It's from like, you've got, you got the guy at the front doing doing the teaching and the, the people, are, I guess, are receiving you like there's there's more opportunity to kind of get alongside, do some more one on one, do some more uh, 
small group things. Like I think a successful youth group is one that teaches young people to be able to test what they see in the world around them against the word of God. So I'm thinking rather than just telling them that pornography is bad for you, show them what God says about sexual sin, teach them what to look out for so that when they're faced with it or whatever challenge in life they're going to consider, um, whatever challenges in life that I guess they're going to face, teach them to consider it through a godly lens in regards to what's going to be the, the potential consequences or the impacts um, and allow them to make their own informed choices from there. I think equipping young people to be able to make godly informed choices sets them up to be young adults who will still be nourished by the Lord and continue to grow and not have you know the world choking out their faith. Like, you know, I'm thinking like the, the parable of the farmer. Um, like, I mean, yeah, it's I'm very Proverbs 22, right? You trample a child in the way you should go. When he's old, he's not going to depart from it. Um, that's the kind of, that's the mindset I take into what I think a good looks, a good youth group looks like. Mm. And yeah, I think part of it as well is that we've experienced youth group as kids and as adults and like uh, as leaders and stuff. And like, I think that's part of the reason why leaders being a leader and all that kind of stuff is so important because it's about passing on that experience that we had in high school to the next generation and like showing that we care and even though sometimes it can be frustrating and it can be tiring uh, after a week of work or whatever mm. it may be, like we still care, even if it, even if it's not, even if it's not the easiest um, thing in the world to like lead and and minister to young children. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely, I think the I think one of the most important things that um, youth leaders need to be is relational with the young people. That very important. Um, you, you've got yeah. to be building those connections. For sure. I guess you hit a certain age, though, and uh, youth group's not really a thing for you anymore. you kind of mm. got to move on. Um, I guess I think uh, Bible study is one of those, um, I think probably the most common example of a, a non-church building gathering that Christians go to. Yeah. I think when you think like what a like small, you might call different things, you might call them small groups, growth groups. Life groups, life groups, some kind of group, group, group. Um, yeah. So uh, I guess uh, like he- the Hebrews ten um, passage I was talking about a little bit earlier, I think very much is uh, applicable to by to Bible study groups. Um, it's a space where we are meant to be encouraged, we're to be equipped to live our lives for the kingdom. Uh, it's about challenging ourselves in that sense, not just absorbing uh, more knowledge for the sake of knowing a lot, but it's about being able to have discussion with small groups of people and talk about the applications into our personal lives, which is what you were talking about a little bit earlier as well, Mike. And I think Bible studies is, is that mm. ideal place for that. Yeah, I think that's a, a place where we can go a bit more personal, get a bit more deep with a group. Uh, I think this has been helpful for me like over the years, um, being involved in a Bible study that has yeah, sort of changed and evolved over time as different people move churches or states, countries, etc. Uh, yeah, so like the group changes, but the goal and the core of it doesn't. And I think that's encouraging. Um, but yeah, like you were talking about how youth group as well, like um, Bible study is a bit, sometimes it's a bit like youth group without the games. <laughs> uh, 
True. Like, you can't have fun in games, though, in, in bubble zoning. That's true. But, yeah, sometimes when you get, like, the kids finishing youth group and going into an adult bubble study, with air quotes, um, <laughs> sometimes it can be like, oh, where are the games at? Well, this feels weird. Why aren't we doing this or that? Because um, that's what you're used to, and that's what you've kind of grown up with. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's true. But I think it's important to continue that uh, that fellowship aspect, um, which is why, you know, when you know the young people kind of finish... Uh, youth group, you might plug him into like young adult kind of Bible studies um, and doing something kind of specific for them to kind of bridge the gap. Yeah. Um, and I guess kind of work with them in the stage of life that they're at. Because to be fair, like you kind of go from, you know, being in high school, it's like no 18 year old has their like adulthood and, and life kind of all locked into place. So no. I feel like there's, there's a kind of weird bridging gap that you've got to work through. Um. And I think fellowship is an important part of that. Um, like we're, we're imperfect. We, we need fellowship. Um, God works through people. Um, you know, I think of, you know, iron sharpens iron, the, the proverb. Um, mm. and how you know, As people, we, we sharpen one another as well. Um, I think as part of that, like part of meeting together is about God working through people and preparing us for like the ultimate wedding day, um, which is a, a cool analogy that uh, Philip Jensen and Tony Payne talk about in uh, Guidance in the Voice of God. Um, yeah, I guess it's connecting with other people prepares us for that ultimate wedding day when we are fully and completely joined to Jesus. And Bible studies is a great way to be um, encouraged and continue to be formed by godly people around us, mm. and us and them speaking into us, us speaking into them, um, I think there's a lot of just, yeah, there's a lot of shaping God does of us and preparing of us. He does it for us through Bible studies. Yeah. So I also wanted to mention something about book clubs. Yeah. Good. Um, so that, like you were saying, iron sharpens iron. I feel like that's a fairly common phrase or, or a verse that comes up on this podcast. Um, mainly because I guess the Christian life is relational, relation, relational mm. um, in that we should be encouraging each other and supporting each other, like through good times and bad times. Yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, like book clubs, I feel like have been, uh, something that I've found useful over the years. Um, and in the way that how there might be a certain book that maybe a couple people read together, a few people read together, and that can be a good time of reflection, our learning growth, all those, all those things. Um, like I know I've gone through a book called disciplines of a godly man that classic, yeah, classic, classic thing to do. Um, but yeah, that was re- that was really helpful, and it was good to talk about things that may have been a bit personal or a bit hard to talk about with other people in a Bible study. Um, but yeah, that was super helpful, uh, and and I feel like it doesn't have to be a man specific or a woman specific book. But like, I feel like if there's a book that you feel like you could get out get something out of and discuss, um, especially if that that book has discussion questions, I think that can be really helpful. And yeah, I'd encourage you to to be involved in that yeah i guess i guess really what it is when you come together as a small group of christians doesn't have to always be about like studying the bible together and, and, and reading that which obviously is a good thing we want to encourage that mm. but i think there there can also be supplementary things where you do they can do things like book clubs and um i mean i'm thinking like you know one corinthians uh like 12 13 14 like around that kind of like bit where paul's encouraging uh the corinthians uh like, you know, with whatever it is that they do, 
should be for strengthening the church. And I guess when we um, have, we, we, we come together, we, we do stuff. It doesn't have to always be around reading the Bible together. Um, but there can be things like doing, studying book clubs together. There can be doing things like investing in, in a youth group together. When you've got groups of Christians coming together and they're doing stuff together, there should be a focus on how is this going to uh, in, improve or how is this going to be used for, for strengthening the church? Um, you know, and like, you know, we've all got different gifts um, that we've been given. and We want to use that for the common good. And we want to use that for, for God's kingdom. And so using them in different contexts, in different types of group situations, whether it's you've got the skills to be able to run uh, or lead, facilitate a Bible study, to, to run a youth group, um, to you know, do, get involved in like an evangelism event, um, all those kind of things. We're thinking about how can we use our skill sets for strengthening the church. So if you're not a Christian and you're listening to this podcast, first of all, thank you. <laughs> um, but secondly, you may have been invited to a, an, an evangelism event or an event at a church or a church gathering because, uh, you know, as like maybe it was a men's event or a women's event. I guess my question to you, Nick, is why, when it comes to these men's events, why is men's breakfast always so popular? Yeah, I feel like things are very uh, stereotyped almost. I feel like your men's events are most frequently a barbecue-based event. It's a tale as old as time. Women's events are like craft-based events, like a craft noon or a craft noon tea, if you will. Oh, wow. Very nice. Um... Or like a wine and cheese or something, or like Ooh, a- yeah, I guess so. I guess also depends on the circles you're in, though, right? And what um, the, the church you're in, and I guess again, think about like the, the skill sets that people have in the church, people who want to run these events. Mm. It's come down to what skill sets have they got, um, and it could just be that it's just the, a common denominator that most of the women who run these events are really into craft. That's a skill set they've got. It could just be that it's a, it's an easy kind of event where you can talk and also do the event at the same time um and which is i guess similar to like barbecues and with blokes as well um it's it's yeah barbecuing isn't too difficult to like do and talk at the same time true that's true Um, also it doesn't usually require like you know 30 blokes on the bar well that being said 30 blokes will be near the barbecue but the barbecue going you gotta be you gotta kind of in the presence of it yeah that's true Look, I mean, the reasons why we do it ultimately is we're, we're instructed to do evangelism, um, which, mm. which effectively is what these events are. These events typically are designed to encourage uh, non-Christians or non-churchies to come along and hang out with uh, church people. Um, obviously, like Jesus instructs us to do it. I'm thinking Matthew 28, the Great Commission. Um, he doesn't specify exactly how you do it. Like Jesus doesn't say you must barbecue you know, dead animal to like evangelize and to speak to other people. Um, obviously the Bible gives lots of examples as to, uh, you know, how as Christians we're called to live, um, which in itself is a form of evangelism. Um, but I think cause it's not specific, we've got some flexibility in how we do these things. Like we want to evangelize and do things that are culturally relevant without necessarily like forsaking the way that we live. Um, I think if a church, I'm going to go down. I'm going to go down a rabbit hole here. Um, I think if a church isn't doing evangelism, then I think it's a symptom of there's something that's not right with the church. 
Uh, yes, inward focus is really important in churches, um, but they've also got to be outward focus as well. I think churches that aren't doing evangelism, that's probably the kind of church that will be getting a letter from Paul. If we're talking, you know, first century AD, not one of the good, not one of the good letters where he's encouraging you, building you up. If you're not, you know, doing evangelism, I think Paul's going to be writing you a letter. Um, I don't know. Um, yeah, to, I, I guess to, to bring things back. Um, yeah, these events usually are like a, it's just a gathering of people, um, being a community, about hearing something short and sweet from the gospel, I think, is, is usually kind of the way they want to do things. Um, might be either a testimony or like a little brief gospel presentation. Uh, and typically it's aimed at people who are not familiar with church and trying to give them a bit of a different flavor and try and show them through how they're living. Like this is kind of what being a community of believers looks like and get them to hear a little bit about the, the gospel as well. Um, and if people don't attend church, they usually don't attend for a reason. Um, so putting on a, another church event isn't going to be something that's necessarily going to bring a lot of people in. Um, however, so doing good and godly things, having a little uh, gospel presentation in there somehow is ideal, but presenting out in a different way, which is going to be more palatable, I think, for people who, who aren't really into the church scene. Uh, so cool examples I've seen done in the past before is I, you know, I've, I've heard of churches that run like a, like a state of origin event, like for, oh, yeah. like for like the blokes or whatever, the state of origin on a Wednesday night, like you, see, you encourage like, I guess the men of the church, um, like, you know, invite your mates or whatever. Um, they can come over barbecue before the game or whatever, short little like five minute kind of gospel presentation or kind of what, um, goes on at the church, um, you know, if you've got the opportunity, maybe a couple, couple of beers, a couple of like real kind of, I guess, um, typically or stereotypically blokey kind of thing. So the guys can come along to church and be like, oh yeah, cool. Had some beers. Like it, that's, that's, I guess a bit less confronting, uh, for, a, for a lot of men who might not want to go to church cause it's not seen as a masculine thing or it's not seen as a done thing, but if you, know, yeah. you kind of get invited for beers, it's like, oh, like, you know, that's something I could get down for. Um, Depending on, you know, obviously how churches want to run things as well. Um, but like I've heard of like churches do that, barbecue, five minute gospel presentation, maybe 10 minutes, whatever tops, maybe a little testimony about, about a bloke um, and how he kind of got saved and then watch the footy after that. Um, yeah. I think that's a, that's a cool way that I've, I've heard and seen done. Um, and I guess heaps of good examples for, for women's events as well. Um, our church ran a like painter pot kind of thing for the women the other week. Um, where they've got little um, pots that they painted effectively, um, <laughs> like pottery. Um, and then there was like a, there was a testimony uh, as well. Um, and it was just a cool event. Women could sit around, chat, mingle. I think there was like, there was quite a few non-regular churches that kind of came along to that as well. And so they got to kind of hear about what impact Jesus had in the life of uh, like a, a woman. Um, maybe of a, of a similar, similar demographic to them, which is cool. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I know we had a couple of men's events last year that were really good opportunities to talk to guys at church that maybe I don't speak to on a regular basis, maybe people that are not in the same age group as me or who maybe they go to a different service, like maybe they go into the morning, whereas I normally go in the evening. They're really encouraging events to meet people or chat to people that you may not see that regularly. And I think uh, it would be, yeah, it would be good to do them again. Um, 
I'll do another one soon. But yeah, they're just they're good. They're just good events. Like they're fun. Like uh, last year we had a men's breakfast. Obviously, that's why I raised that joke as a joke before. <laughs> Yep. But we also had a, well, we went to a park and there was a bit of, like, some people did some fishing and we had a barbecue, uh, like, a couple of people kicking a ball around, some people going for a walk, like, very sort of uh, activities that require a bit of movement, a little bit, um, some sort of some sort of movement, I guess, because, yeah, that's generally how men relate a little bit better like that. And it's less confronting as well to have a like, you know, one-on-one kind of conversations with, with blokes and yeah. how, how they're going, where they're at. It's a lot less confronting when you kind of walk in side by side next to someone as opposed to kind of, you know, looking into their eyes. Yeah. Uh, which is, you know, it's nice and it's intimate and there, there are obviously opportunities for that. If you don't know someone heaps well, walking side by side with someone is a great way to get, have good deep conversation with someone who you're not like super familiar with. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Uh, so the last area of uh, conversation we're going to talk about today is the area of camps. Um, camps are another gathering, generally uh, an overnight event uh, where you can meet people from church. Maybe you'll go away somewhere. There's a whole bunch of different types of camps that you can go on. There's men's and women's conferences. There's church camps. There's youth camps. There's training conferences. There's uni camps that, and conferences. And like they're all, they're all uh, good ways I find to relax and to, um, and to, yeah, get away for a weekend or maybe a couple nights, and yeah, to really uh, have a set of a set of talks from maybe a, a, sec- a section of the Bible, um, yeah, and that can be really a relaxing time away. Uh, Nick, do you have any uh, pr- preferred memories on a camp? Um. Oh, you've put me on the spot with this one. Sorry. It's, I mean, I met my wife on a camp. Yeah, so I, I was kind of leading you into that. Yeah, it took me a moment. There's obviously so many memories um, and I have to weigh up all of them. Obviously nothing compares to uh, meeting my wife. I would think not, no. Um, I mean, I obviously didn't leave a great first impression, but uh, I guess first impression, I guess, look, books are not easily judged by their cover. Um, and neither people are books, so yeah. <laughs> but isn't the point of the cover is to judge the book? No, you should read the back of the the back of and the front the is back. also important. I mean, to help, yeah. If you want to know like what the book's called, then the author. That's about it. Um, and the author of my book is called the Lord Jesus Christ, um, and his name is written on my heart. Rebuked. <laughs> wow. Okay. Cool. Um, um, yes, but camps are awesome. Uh, lots of great experiences. I think it is super encouraging to be away. And again, this kind of what we keep coming back to is you know, keep meeting together with, with other Christians. Like, mm. don't give up on it. It's an encouragement to one another. Um, whatever in whatever context that looks like for you, camps are those great opportunities to actually take a step away from every, the busyness of everyday life um, and step into a new space, a different area. So a lot of churches get guest speakers in. Um, you might have a lot of different people around you. Typically, they're usually all going to be kind of Christian in, for a lot of these sort of contexts. Uh, yeah. not, that's not always the case, though. Um, but it certainly is a place where you go and it's easy to be a Christian. And it's like the flavor of the camp or the place you're in is everyone worshiping and praising the name of God. And that is cool. That is encouraging. It's easy to be a Christian and be like, yes, I'm 100% with God in this space 
the downside is there's like there's the come down from the what do you call it, the camp high yeah 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 because i i feel like sometimes you'll go on a camp and you feel like these talks have really impacted my life and i really want to go back home and uh yeah i want to go back home and start living more for god or you know in, increase my participation in church or whatever it may be i want to tell more people about jesus but then as the reality of life sets in and maybe you have a hard week or two at work or school or whatever it is then the reality sets in and all the all the dreams that you had get crushed by reality um isn't it funny how that works out sometimes um yeah anyway um but yeah i think trying not to get too sucked into that sort of emotional high i guess of it i mean i know it's hard i I think i think the going away sometimes and having being on these camps is really helpful because you're in an environment with people that you normally see at church but then all of a sudden you are maybe an hour or two away from where you normally are and you're in a different environment and you're spending all day and all night together for you know a day or two and that tends to you know bond people sometimes you know yep um And sometimes those people get married. So that's true. <laughs> that's true. That does happen. Um, anyway, but yeah, I think yeah, it's it's kind of hard because like I felt like I felt it before too, where uh, maybe like the music or just the event itself, you kind of get carried away with it. And um, yeah, it's encouraging, but also it can make you feel sad when reality of life sets in again and you're back at work or whatever it may be, and and things haven't really changed. Um, and I think what is important is as part of that is making sure that when you obviously you get fed a lot when you are on those camps, like twenty four seven, I guess, like feeding frenzy for the Lord, uh, which is awesome. But it's important to remember that when you come back to the everyday life, you will feel that that drag, the the thorns trying to choke you out, the kind of everyday life. Mm. And it is important to make sure that when you're back, you are still being fed and grounded in godly teachings in time spent on your own relationship with the Lord as well. There's a lot of important things we need to make sure like if, if camp is the only place where you are getting fed, then you're going to, you're going to go hungry pretty quickly and you're going to starve. And then your spiritual self, your relationship with God will, will starve and it will die. Um, like camp cannot be the only place where you are being fed. And that is why it is important to be invested in different gatherings and groups with other Christians mm. to make sure we are continually being fed like the, like a tree by the, by the streams of, of water. Yeah. If you're waiting for a once or twice a year camp event to satisfy you for the whole year, I feel like you'll go hungry very quickly. And it's quite, it's kind of like an Easter or Christmas experience too, when you think about it. And look, I've seen lots of people who do it. They you know, live for each year for the for the camp, the convention, and then you know they're there. They're all hyped, yeah, give my life to Jesus, and then like, you know they're back within a week, couple of weeks. They're back to back to their old ways. Nothing changed. They go okay next year. Oh yeah, hey, I'm gonna live for Jesus again, and the cycle repeats. You got to be getting fed, people. Mm, indeed. I think meeting together has a, a real purpose there is great value in that i think if you are a uh 
someone who's not a Christian yet, you're still trying to work that out. If someone invites you to like a church event, uh, go check it out. Um, generally speaking, if you've been invited to one of those things, that person cares a lot about you um, and wants to be invested in your life. Uh, so go and yeah, go and check out those things you get invited to just as much as if you, I think you're a Christian as well. You got non-Christians invite you to different events. Um, go to those things as well. Um, obviously, you know, provided the not ungodly things that you go into. Um, and I think if you are a Christian, yeah, I'm, I'm just leaving with Hebrews 10, uh, verse 24, 25 again. Uh, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not given up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Uh, friends, yeah, continue to spur one another on and encourage each other and continue to meet together. Don't don't give up on that. Mike? Yeah, if you like, if you like our podcast, um, follow us on socials, Facebook, Instagram. Um, on the Spotify uh, episodes, it has a question. What did you think of this episode? If you'd like to leave a comment, please do. We, we'd love to hear from you guys. Um, does it ask that? It does on every episode. Should, okay, yeah, all right. So, well, look, I'm be looking for answers now. Yeah, we want to see, we'd love to see some comments. Uh, positive, negative, up to you. Doesn't really matter. Um, but leave a comment. Maybe maybe it will make our day. Compliments, complaints, uh, questions, concerns, statements. A- any compliments are directed towards me. Any complaints, you can direct them towards Nick. That's fine. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the, the compliments, the uh, yeah, complaints, com- complaints line. The complaints line? It's not, ex- not existent. It'll go straight in my outbox. The compliments will come through. <laughs> anyway. All right. Until next episode, we will uh, see you or speak to you there. See you then. Bye. Peace. Peace.